everybody. Welcome to episode number three of uh, Spike Drop. Man, I want to say Tactical Crouch every time. And it took me like 40 episodes to not say Well Met when we started Tactical Crouch. Well, actually, it was Overwatch League Daily. When I did Overwatch League Daily, it was not saying Well Met. So only 37 episodes until they get that out of the system. I'm Kick Tripod, joined by uh, Yiska and Volmel, of course. Ton to talk about this week, right? Uh, so much going on in the scene. Incredibly dynamic and fluid but uh man hard to kind of keep up with i mean we we're just i was looking today and uh at, at the liquipedia for tournaments and it feels like there's one every day at least yeah i'm i'm excited i wouldn't say i'm kind of over the whole like creator showcase like putting like a famous streamer in charge of a team and then kind of you know yeah um letting them kind of pug about and, and compete for a prize, you know, a cash purse. I think that's fine and definitely something to be expected early within a game, but I'm, I'm itching to see exactly what like set teams that have been built and kind yeah. of culture, like driven, like they've, they've been raised in this game. And then like what that looks like, what does this game look like when you actually have like a fleshed out esports space? I'm not trying to rush it, but like that's what I'm like waiting for, and we're starting to slowly get there with some of these like weekly cups. So it's it's yeah. a, just super exciting. That's kind of how it happened though with Overwatch is that you had these bigger streamers on teams with lesser known people who played really well, and they got their followings from uh, a lot of their followings from playing really well on Tim the Tatman's team or whatever. So. I'm excited. You're you got to let it run its course a little bit, right? Just like let it grow yep. on its own. Uh, I know a lot of people. There's actually so many tournaments right now that players are having to choose uh, which ones, and they're actually they have some bargaining power in, sure. in the tournaments, which is pretty pretty interesting. Outside of like huge majors and stuff, where it's like we're bringing in the biggest best teams. Uh, but these are just a lot of these are just like a, a smaller teams that have just done good in some of the other like weekly cups. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I just wish, uh, as Joe said, we would stop with these cutesy ideas and actually just someone slap like a lot of money on the table, and then we just have the tryhard teams slowly starting to crystallize and just see, and then teams can also like exchange players and make them better due to that. Currently, it feels like a lot of rosters are forced by the rule set of, or the concept of the tournament. Yeah. And, uh, and that's fine that. for right now, right? Like that's going to happen. It's probably best that it sure. does happen. Um, it's probably best that it happens now sure. um, and kind of trickles off as the game continues. Um, but it's, it's just like that selfishness within me. That's just like, Oh, I really want to see like, I want to see what Brax looks like put into an actual team that like he's scrimmed with and he's practiced with and they have their set plays and the meta has actually evolved and developed and kind of stabilized. And we can actually start to see these people within an actual esport instead of just like in the, the seeding phase and like the, 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 the budding era of Valorant. Um, and yeah. I 100% agree. You don't need to rush it. You, sh you, I shouldn't want to rush it, but there's part of me that definitely does. To to be fair, the CS roster, so like the for from the ESPN tournament. Sure. Yeah. Um, these guys have been playing most of these tournaments together. It seems mm -hmm. like they have fairly stabilized. Of course, nothing now having replaced Shroud and whatnot. Um, like that that was also the reason why. Uh, 
I found it a little weird uh, that the uh, we'll get to the ESPN tournament, but uh, yeah, the way the teams were built left left some questions to me. It's fair. I think um, I, I I hope we're seeing kind of cores of teams start to develop, especially with like the CS roster and especially with like AZK and this this kind of these cores of these rosters that have played within the ESPN tournament, I hope they do stick together because they do look like they have some sort of promise. Granted, we haven't really seen much else in the way of kind of major competition, but I would like to see them continue and that kind of be the the uh, the impetus to how they kind of came together is, you know, they've, they've been together since the beginning. It'd be a story that you can follow for a few years now. It, it, would, it would be nice to see. Hopefully that, that, that continues. Yeah. All right. Well, let's th- let's talk a little bit about the news um, and and stuff going on. We did uh, get a new patch this week, but before we do, uh, since we're so brand new, it's good to for everybody to know where you can find us. We stream the show live on Twitch on Fridays at noon at Twitch.tv/kicktripod. We're on Twitter at Twitter.com/spikedrop, and you can find our YouTube at Bit.ly/spikedropyt. That's where you can find us. And the show is on all podcast outlets now, so you can listen to it anywhere on audio. Please do subscribe. Even if you don't listen on audio and you have a podcast player, though, go subscribe to it anyway. It helps us a ton, um, especially early on. And leave a five-star review there while you're there. Uh, We really appreciate it. All right, patch notes. Let's go. So first things first, uh, one pretty big change. Uh, They did change uh, how melee works a little bit, where you now inflict double damage per hit on destructibles. Uh, so this is uh, a big part to like during we've all been on the pistol rounds against Sage that just totally, <laughs> totally just like, all right, we can't shoot through that wall without taking half of our ammo. Uh, so the first part is to make that a little bit more viable of an option to destroy those things. I mean, good, right? I, I actually mm-hmm. haven't. Yeah, I think so. I think it doesn't help much. I haven't punched a lot of ice yeah. walls. I'll be honest. I'm. I'm yeah. I think I'm that bird brained to begin with. I just go. I around. think it's also not I'm a like good a idea lemming that has a detour. <laughs> like it's like, oh, there's a wall, and you just turn around and go the other. I way. I think there are certain circumstances where you're kind of forced to, um, especially with how slow people tend to play. Especially with how new the game is at the moment, people play very, very slow. They're kind of hesitant to kind of make a choice so having that in your way is the only way forward so you kind of have to do that or for instance let's say you've accidentally just wall me into a corner as as a teammate well i don't want to waste ammo and shooting it so i can now melee it a little bit faster like it's it's a reach but i think it definitely accidentally wall joe in a corner it's it's definitely possible it, I think it helps a little bit. It's not like some sort of, oh, like Sage is so nerfed because you can melee or wall now. I no, think it's no, no, just no, kind no. of a quality no, of life. I thing. don't think it's a, I mean, it, exactly. It's not like a, oh man, Sage, Sage is broken. It's just like, it shouldn't, you know, there, there's rounds where this is just unnecessarily difficult and yeah. isn't like, isn't furthering the design of the game at all, I think. Yeah, the the thing is, like, I I really struggle to look at applications where it makes at all sense, and this isn't just like a dummy trap. Where it's like, when would you, would it ever be safe to merely uh, like to knife a wall? Most of the time, or very often, rarely, a, rarely, a sage will actually man the wall on yep. the on a side you don't know, 
So you would have to first clear it. Then you stand in front of the ball and you cannot melee it in a way where you're immediately not uh, visible, I would uh, think, to the stage if she was to peek you in that very position. So 100%. the chances of you then receiving a shot every time you go for a melee if she's prepared for that to happen it's not like you're mealing it down in like three strikes it takes a while 100 so like and also this game like this game might as well have infinite ammo i've seen zero people run out of ammunition in this game <laughs> you yeah, underestimate rarely. how inaccurate i am and how much rarely. i use my gun to communicate to my team they keep getting mad at me um i don't know why but mm. They just, uh, they're just like, he'll just be like walking. He's just walking really, really quietly. And I'm just like, hey, hey, over here. I'm going to pick up this orb, okay? That's what I, I think with the advent of more destructible, like, walls Maybe, and yeah. doors and stuff, that will definitely happen. Um, and I think that this specific change to the game kind of implicates, not implicates them, but definitely, like, makes me a little bit more interested to things i've said in past shows but i think chat again touches on something i wanted to kind of mention with the ice wall is that yeah you can use your knife to weaken the wall a lot quicker now and then back up take space and then break the wall with your you know assault rifle with your shotgun with your pistol so you that doesn't happen where sage just doesn't you know barrel stuff you by being in your face or have an angle on the segment of the wall that you're breaking i think that it def it saves ammo it's definitely ammo conservative it's an option um it, it's just an it's option. an option right it gives you a little uh, bit more option um it is I, interesting going forward like i mentioned like i i do think the fourth map will probably have something to do a little bit more heavily with destructible objects very similarly to sage's ice wall and the doors on haven but i don't know how that's going to impact things but we'll see my my argument goes around to this doesn't solve the hp issue that the wall might have Oh no no no! I don't think it was supposed to though. Um, I think. Do you if, think the wall anyone... has an HP issue? Yeah, it has way too much HP. I think it. I think it has problems. I don't know if it's HP related though. Is it time related? Is it cost related? The I think there are is, different in different all, ways to the, fix it. It's it is only a, an obstacle when you're clearing uh, or when you're trying to go go through that choke that it's blocking um, by yourself. But in those cases, you are emptying a mag. Yeah. In, into that thing. Knifing most likely won't do you much good because depending on where that is, like you couldn't, there are literally angles where you cannot clear, make sure that the sage isn't on the wall. And they, like I'm thinking C, um, uh, long C, for instance, on, uh, I mean, there's only one C, point C in the game. Um, <laughs> but like if you're on top of, if you boost yourself up on top of uh, boxes then yep. like there are angles where when you stand in front of the wall you're already dead or yep. you cannot see the sage in, in that specific angle she has taken mm -hmm. so like I feel like yes in those situations where you are going alone into something you're giving away so much information or what a, no matter what kind of uh, gun you use to break it Totally. And um, also, I mean, if there is not an HP issue, there's most definitely a length issue. Totally. Duration, health, cost, I think are all different ways that they could fiddle with it. And I think at some point they probably will have to. Um, because you commit to giving away information if you want to 
go through the choke where the wall is. Like trading 35 seconds tops is not a valuable, uh, is very often not an option. Mm. You got to give away the information. I, no. I think it's overstated how valuable that information becomes. The more, the less new the game becomes. Uh, Why? It's one thing to know, hey, they're at this wall. Sure. Uh, but unless you're shooting it with like an operator or something, like most people are, are just taking out their pistols anyway. So it's it's not but you know they're there. Well, and that's what I said. That that's the only value, and you're not going to take that away ever without making the wall youth, useless. I mean, you could in, decrease the duration to 15 seconds or something. Then you have the chance to wait it out. Uh, and, and decreases the cost pretty significantly. At that point, it just becomes a wait here 15 I'm not minutes. Sure if it's like a- how how fun is it to just put up a stanchion and say wait here or move. That's not like fun game design, I don't think. Like, I, I I like the longer duration. I like that you have to commit. The maps are small enough to where you can you can reroute at any time. I I just I I don't think it's it, it's a consideration, but I don't consider that a a really powerful piece of information. Anyways, I mean, it's a powerful piece of what's what's the right way to say this. It's a powerful piece of information in the sense, yes, you know the person's there. I like having these interactions where you force the other team to make a choice. Do you tell them that they are there in order to get to the point you want to, you strategize to getting to, or you think that you can still rush that, mm-hmm. or do you just go a different way? Or go a different way and then come back I in 35 seconds? I think that's seconds. my problem with it. I think that's my problem with it is that most of the time, I won't say all the time, but most of the time you're using this like like on plant or post plant scenarios where you're physically denying somebody the opportunity to advance past that choke point. You wall it. You physically say you cannot go here unless you literally ring the dinner bell by shooting your gun, trying to break the wall. Right. Whereas with slow orb. You're given a choice to say you should probably not go this way. You're not physically removed from doing so but you're dissuaded. I think that's to me that feels a little healthier. Whereas the wall in general should be probably designed to be like a time buyer rather than I'm physically going to block this off because I think that information when scaled is probably the most important thing in the game. If you know that somebody's coming this way, you can probably 70% of the time win that duel because they have no idea where you're at and you know exactly where they're coming from. If you're if you're planning at coming into the point with any sort of uh, speed, though, you're going to have to be walking through the orb anyway and people can hear you. So you're not giving up that information anymore. They can't. Though. That's the thing. Well, you're not. You can't you can't walk through fast enough like you, you hear even so. So how it works now. Right. So it used to work that if you were on the ice, period, you right. made noise. It right. doesn't do that anymore. If you yes. are walking, you don't make noise. Which I'm, I'm saying is I think that's walking through the ice is too slow that if it's used to defend a point, you're not walking in the first place. I, th- I, I, I mean, I, I agree, but it still leaves that option open. It just so you. shooting the wall. That's a no. little bit more committal. Yeah. That's the thing a lot is more you're committal. Then giving away information. 
like, a lot of it. Think about what, you, what, like, how easy it is to mid-control, basically on every map using Sagewall. It's like, if you watch Brax or AZK, it's like, okay, we're swinging left. Because he, already the assumption is, we're putting up a wall right, and no matter what the enemy does, if there's f literally five people right side, they will not be able to penetrate the wall in a time window where the you as a Sage have no recourse against it. You will get the information uh, and be prepared. Or like a, if, a, um, if an omen tries to teleport on top of a jet, that is already like the tells you get are so high that they will never get the jump on you. That is not the case for smokes, for instance. Smoke, you can just walk through and because of you're the heavily dissuaded from not doing that. But it still is an option that so the defending team has to cover. And, and smokes are 100, to be fair. This is a, a 300 sure. ability, and, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure, so, sure. like, it's, I mean, and, and you get one the entire round. Totally. Uh, there's lots of ways to go around still. I think, um, I don't know, uh, Yiska, you took something that, that nobody goes through and shoots wall and people just go around it. That's often the case. I can tell you for sure that that was not the only way the wall was dealt with. At, at on the ESPN tournament, especially by the dev team. No, uh, no I'm not saying walk around. I'm saying like yes, they, they, they avoid break it. it but oh, sorry, no, maybe I, maybe I misunderstood it. what what you said. But, but yeah, those yeah, are the yeah. choices, right? Yes, but whatever choice you make, that Sage is not disadvantaged by it whatsoever. It's always a safe option to do it. There's never a bad situation where, like, you put up the that wall. And the only recourse for the enemy takes A, too much time, and B, is too big of a tell that the Sage will always have the uh, offensive advantage to uh, get a spin on you. Like, even in, in big numbers advantages, if I solo peak mid as Sage, they still have to break my wall, I can still pre-aim that angle and trade every single time reliably if, if I'm given, like... You can't pre-aim uh, smokes? No, you can, but you you don't know the the uh, exit points of of the smoke. Uh, Pika's advantage still exists. I mean, if you if you put your smokes right, you limit the angles significantly. Only theoretically, you you can be sprayed through. Like you, um, like like, like if, a, a short on on Haven and and sitting between the back boxes, like kind of wait, near me, hell. Okay. Which, okay. which we have, I'm so a, bad with uh, names. I know. I'm surprised that I remembered. So like, a, yeah, so A short on yeah. Haven, below, yeah. not exactly, kind of below Heaven, between the boxes. Yeah. There's only kind of one way to come out, and unless you're really, really, really good, you can't aim through that angle through a smoke. So, I mean, so, so on defense, you can. But, but I'm saying that uh, there are instances like this, and there should be instances sure. like this for any ability i think you can though right you can like if if you tell me you put for instance um what's that teleporter map again <laughs> um on bind on bind if you put in pixel a, a smoke i can accurately always peek you and shoot through smoke pixel every time you and can, it's, I mean, it's like one weekend. You can move that angle, though. You can see the bo the, the boxes. There's, there's a, a significant margin of error for those angles. 
yes. you're going to be there on defense anyways. So I don't know, man. Okay. I think uh, uh, I understand we, what you mean, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We, we should probably just move on from this a little bit and mm-hmm. say that uh, I, I am not in disagreement with you that uh, there could very well be a time where we see a change to the wall, and I would be very happy for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw this week. I feel like I saw the wall used a lot more, especially on defense. Uh, to to just raise people, raise teammates up to advantageous mm-hmm. positions, and a lot less about it's another part of the utility of the, the ability, uh, mm-hmm. and a lot less to like, oh, we're just gonna block off C long, haha, bye. Um, I saw that a lot less than, hey, we're gonna use this on B on Haven behind us, so we have two of us overlooking B mid. And mm. right, that one's B mid or B main, B main, um, B main. I think I don't, I don't know. Sorry, mm-hmm. learning. I'm learning. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, that that's kind of where I'm at with it. Where I would I would hate to overreact because of not even overreact, but we're we're in beta. Like this, mm-hmm. this yeah. is one of those things where it's like. Mercy's resurrection in Overwatch probably shouldn't have made it out of beta the way it was. This is something that we're still early yet. Let's watch it, but uh, totally. let's, let's keep talking about these patch notes because this is actually the big one that we thought we were going to spend most of the time on, and that would be Ray's. Mm. Uh, so Ray's did see some balance changes here. Uh, her paint shells were reduced from two to one, but mm-hmm. the paint shells refresh after two kills. Um, so you throw a paint shell, get one kill, and then you make another kill with a gun. You now have an extra paint shell. I believe it counts. The kill counts from the time you throw it. That I'm not sure. I don't know I'm if it counts on itself. 98%, uh, sure. Yeah. I, I would assume so. Yeah. So, yeah. but even Makes then sense. you make two kills with a gun after you threw a paint shell yeah. and didn't get a kill, you get it back. Um, Feels like a good change to me. I mean, I think her kit was very overloaded on area denial and like very strong area denial um, with also other utility. Obviously, like paint shells has a very long and wide radius. Um, You got two of them, which would basically one shot you if you were trapped in a corner or just would chip you out if you were low, which was kind of obnoxious. And then the boom bot um, not only gives you information, but also does damage. And then C4 also does damage and gives her some sort of mobility and, and denial tool. Um, yeah, seems very strong. Obviously all of that goes into building her ultimate as well. So, um, toning that back a little bit, um, was probably needed. What I will say to kind of tie the two topics together. I wonder if we could see a world where raise is picked because Sage's wall is too obnoxious and you start to see like resources put into the wall to like remove it. Say like, okay, you're going to invest this. I'll invest this. We shake hands. Okay, cool. We got both abilities out. That could be kind of interesting, but I mean, this ability cooldown training is already heavily going on with totally, of course, currently, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. which um, I love, and I think I think that's why uh, the Overwatch players actually did better than we thought that they would this week, because uh, there was so much ability management there going mm-hmm. on. Uh, I don't have any info on that. I was just like something I was, I was mm-hmm. like, wow, like they they're really efficient with how they they were using their abilities. And I thought that, that was really cool mm-hmm. to see based uh, compared to the other teams. Yeah. What, one thing to keep in mind just to put it in uh, in perspective. Um, so according to CypherDemp, Kendogog, friend of the show, uh, Baroy, genius, like nuts stats already. Um, of course, 
keep in mind, these are the old race stats. So given that it's a nerf, it's less like this number will even go down based on that. Um, but race only had double kills in 14% of the rounds. And only in 1% of the rounds would you have a quadra, in which case you would have one more pain shield than before. So only in 14% of the cases with the old race are we getting the same amount of paint shells. So yes, like in, in theory at the like most ridiculous scenarios, yes, you have one more paint shell basically never happens uh, or like very, very seldomly happens. And um, that is definitely a significant buff. Worth right? noting mm -hmm. though, is that even though the double kills was only 14%, it is still the highest of any of the other agents. Yeah. Um, not yes. by much. You've got uh, Jet at uh, 13.7 and Phoenix at 13.45, which uh, and Viper at 13.49 or 48. Sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, so you've which is really interesting because those are the aggressive heroes. Those are the, mm -hmm. the fragging heroes, the people that people just want to go on and and uh, do a lot. Interesting enough. Yeah. Cypher. And, uh, yeah, it looks like Cypher and Sova and Breach, right? Sova and, and Breach are the lowest. Mm, Breach, yeah. I think, surprised me a little bit. Um, with a lot yeah. of his utility through walls. Uh, yeah, I, think I, I would expect because, that to be a little bit higher. Uh, I think because he doesn't kill, but he sets up. Yes. That's the reason. Like, you are not first in on your own abilities most of the time. You set up the entry, and then the second guy comes in. Then again, maybe the entry guy, and I think he has this as well. Let me see. Um, ba -ba -ba, general stats, FK. Um, no, Breach is actually in the upper echelon of, uh, of yep. first kills. Interesting. So maybe he just trades a lot in that scenario because it's so telegraphed or whatever, but um, also fairly high for his death rate. Um, interestingly, of course, this is all in the um, FK lost FK1 is also interesting. Like in 70% of the cases, um, does a first death of him lead to a loss? And that other than Viper is the highest and then fk1 if he gets the first kill it's like okay it's decent right but um yeah to to basically paraphrase or like to summarize um i think a we haven't scratched the surface on of what a breach is capable of in a team setting i think a lot of professional teams said like he, he feels almost op yep. uh in some instances uh, if you need to win the round on attack, you you got it with breach. If you have ult, yep. Um, and that of course can flip economies pretty quickly. But um, yeah, it's not represented in the data set that Baroy uh, took. And of course, like um, what he said is he uh, he didn't necessarily take tournament streams, but like high high levels uh, stream uh, streams and all kinds of data to get a fair shake of what's actually going on. So it makes perfect sense. I think Breach is the archetypical character that will probably also not work in rank that well until we've developed um, 
like a breaches. solid synergy and understanding and like calling structure of people to just go, go like like how likely is it for instance in in cs in your typical rent game to say i'm flashing you in yeah, how often have you heard never. that almost yeah. never so most of the time the it's token. oh i didn't know you're flashing i yeah, now yeah. blinded we both die yes yes Bre so breach is also so on like the front page of cypher cam <laughs> Breach is currently slow and clunky. So there, there you go. That's all you need to know. Breach bad. <laughs> feels, uh, feels bad to play, but I think in, I'll I, give I it four yeah. months that we'll be screaming or the pros, not we, the pros yeah. will be screaming for him to be changed because he is, he's the next agent to be raised. Both metaphorically mm. and like literally, we'll I think, huh. Raze, if if we were complaining that Raze was not the kit to be added to this game, I think Breach is also within that boat. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. I, it, it's really interesting just having somebody whose abilities are so, uh, are are so um not confined by walls. <laughs> yes, hundred yeah, percent. Like that's the thing. Like that that is something that feels very potential to be exploited at some point. Uh, no. I just don't think that we found the way to do that yet. Yeah. Um, I, we'll I've, I've definitely seen some people who play Breach, especially on like um, uh, Haven B is a great example of one where, you know, Breach can kill multiple people on Haven B without seeing a single one of them. All you have to do is know that they're there. Uh, yeah. Just just because it's... Yeah, he, he his his abilities through walls and all that stuff is is so strong and and but you're right it's kind of it's it's the Ana of this game where it might take six months for people to figure out. I I would say like maybe barring Silva, Breach is the hero uh, the agent that is most anti anti CS because if if you ask pro players what kind of their conception of CS is. They would probably give you an answer like it's basically geometry. Yeah. It's basically all about angles, which are set by obstacles and walls and all that type of stuff. And then Breach comes around and says, for a very large part of my kid, I don't care about that at all. Yep. And, uh, like, which is why yes, I in care most about cases it can't one shot you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I care about uh, how the maps are structured and uh, like, Am I firing through one or two balls in, in that uh, specific instance? But uh, generally, he just says that angle that you're currently sitting in that should be safe for you from this yeah, angle so. is not, is absolutely not. And in a sense, Sova is kind of like that because of um, his ultimate to a degree. Yeah. I would argue his storm call um, arrow, like the, the, the electric yeah. arrow, arrow, whatever it's Within called, is more too. like a, an yeah. HE like a yeah. high explosive grenade but um of course like anti cs in that regard is also like the the recon arrow of course like that that's the that was the ability that everyone before the game was out got was tilted at because yeah. yeah yeah but because i mean now we know yes it's very strong but it doesn't feel necessarily unfair and it's a lot of information it's an information race where it's like yeah. okay this Sova has this arrow so I can stand here when he shoots this and I will not be seen. And then I can reactively shoot it um, to have some counterplay mm -hmm. while the Sova can say, okay, I have this new, um, you know, uh, arrow that you might have not seen 
and now you're standing there and my first pulse hits you right it's kind of like in a knowledge arms race that's enjoyable i don't yes. think it's necessarily yes. to toxic that's 100 broken the case uh yeah it's 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 really interesting though how you know obviously there's still i think some balance issues or whatever but the fact that we're you know five weeks into this game and the fact that everything like largely has some level of counterplay uh and and some level of uh, of new things being discovered means that they they really did a pretty good job at like finding a finding a balance for these abilities of how do you have some sort of uh like puritanical shooter that also just isn't uh, an overwatch skin of cs yeah and yeah. uh I think they're doing that. I want to. I want to talk. So uh, Ray's also had two other things that we're just going to run through. We're not actually going to discuss. Uh, they mm. tuned their her ability audio so it's easier to hear in hectic scenarios. Thank you. And fixed a bug with uh, pain shells exploding too quickly by adding a minimum duration after uh, or before exploding. So all makes sense. Uh, Sage also saw a couple uh, pretty big changes. The first one is her slow orb now slows airspeed of players in the zone. So, um, that basically it severely, um, nerfed bunny hopping through the, uh, through the zone. It, it also, so this is probably, I should probably say this together. So slow orb now slows airspeed of players in the zone and players can now walk through the slow orb without making noise. So mm -hmm. that was, that was the key thing is that even if you were walking through the slow orb, you were still being there. So you had no choice. If you got stuck in a slow orb, like a race throws it around the corner and doesn't peak you move and give away your position or you have to stand there for the duration of the slow orb, which is what, like 15 seconds, 20 seconds. Yeah. It's a little late, less, I think, but uh, yeah, very long still. Yeah. Long, yes. Very wide duration. Like yeah. that was one of those things that if, if I was to guess changes, slow orb had to see changes. You get two of them. It covers like an absurd area and it gives you like audio cues. That was the thing that really sold me. Yeah, yeah. Like, looking at her kit on its face without like the details i was very down on sage but when yiska told me that she had audio cues when you're walking through slow orb that completely flipped the script for me i was like oh, okay that's an information tool information is yeah. the name yeah. of the game it yeah. slow orbs insane what yeah. I, I i definitely am not i kind of wish this was they changed this differently they went about this differently i think adding in like a progressive development to counterplay is kind of interesting to say I could be able to counter slow orb if I knew how to bunny hop because I don't or I don't have the momentum or I haven't practiced it enough it it counters me I think that it was a kind of an interesting uh dynamic to say oh I have to practice bunny hopping because sage is really popular and if not then I don't I think that that's kind of interesting to to kind of look at the mechanics of the game and say just moving different can be your counterplay while that movement is you know obviously something that you have to practice much like you have to aim mm -hmm. but I, I don't know i i think this is fine i i kind of wish they would have kept bunny hopping in i mean it still is but it's not counterplay to this specific ability i so one thing i will say is the first thing that i that i asked is how does this affect jet uh like can she jump up and and move over or uh what and so i i haven't tested it but it seems as though uh this does affect jet 
um, for sure on the ground. Um, I I don't know above, but I confirmed it from a couple different sources, just not first uh, party sources. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine so. I think now the way, okay, so the way I think a lot of people uh, use slow up was either counter push, and I think that's still accomplished um, by the slow. Um, So basically what happens is you gather information in an angle, you see three people, they're obviously aggressive, you retreat while throwing the slow up. Yep. That will still remain intact and arguably is now buffed by them not being able to bunny hop through it. Even though you would say, how often that, that, does that really happen? Because very often that will result in the bunny hopping people to expose themselves where a tr- at least a trade is very likely. So mm-hmm. actively, I've never seen that actually. I think uh, for multiple few... people to dump <sighs> I can't say that I've been a stream monster for Valorant in particular, especially without like the esports scene and the tournament scene like really ramping up. But from the little bit that I have seen, I have definitely seen people like bunny hop through slow orbs and, and come out the favorable yes. end of a trade. It is rare, but definitely I, I, I can recall I think that a, it, it happened. I think a lot of times when you throw that slow orb, though, you don't expect the enemy to push. And I think that that's something that you see with a lot of the defensive mm. abilities is that you you place them in favor with the assumption that that means that they're going to back off. And so you don't necessarily take your best smartest angles because you're not really waiting. So bunny hop puts them at an advantage. I think only in the fact that they probably aren't holding, uh, the best, the best angles from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, I think that's definitely a thing currently. Uh, I think once people would have started, you know, be hopping then, then you just hold the angle while retreating. Just yeah. walking backwards, especially as much knowledge where you're throwing from and where you're holding that angle. Yeah, exactly. I think what what's now happening is, um, I think a lot of people use it to uh, clock down the time. So let's say you're defending hooker. Yep. You start with the wall, and you place yourself up or right. Like if there's no race, there's almost no counterplay to that. Honestly, to the sage not, not, not even not being able to trade you at least. You just have to basically forfeit and just go A at that point. So then it's you're down 35 seconds or you bang it through and take a high risk uh, trade scenario there. After the 35 sec- seconds have passed, the sage now throws a slow orb and doesn't have to peek you in order to gain information for the next, I think it's 10 or 12 seconds that the slow orb is up. That goes twice. So now, let's say it's 10 seconds, 10 seconds plus 10 seconds plus 35 seconds, we had 55 seconds, that's, that, that that's is already most of the round. eliminating so much of your tactical choices where it's like, okay, you probably aren't going through that very choke that, uh, you're probably not coming through hooker then. Um, and now what it has done is, I think the Sage needs to uh, commit a little bit, maybe jiggle peak, even though I'm not sure how feasible that is in Valorant because a lot of uh, walls, like a lot of angles or like uh, corners seem bangable. So yes. shoulder peaking gets more. It's definitely um, punished way more than it is in CS, it feels like. Yeah, and, and tagging is nuts in this game. Like, I mean, it, it is in most like CS like or tactical shooter games. Like it is in R6 and it is definitely in CS. Yeah. Like you it, get tagged it, like you're dead. I'm not sure what it is. It just it feels even more significant than in CS. 
Dang. Maybe that's the uh, movement speed reality. Maybe that's just my perception. Maybe, yeah. And um, yeah, I think that is now gone and she has to make more, uh, at, le at least take a little bit more risk and just like not get a free, like just like uh, plaster the wall or like just eliminate a, basically an entrance to a site at will every round mm. for what, 500 bucks? Yeah, like that's it, it's a it's a lot better i think of course it eliminates a, a high skill or medium to high skill counterplay with a b-hop which is already always sad to see but yeah i'm not sure if, if i think it I probably it is like much. a healthy change maybe just for like the general mm -hmm. public but yeah i i kind of wish that something like that existed it was like another way to practice the game where it was like i have to practice movement now um it, it's a topic for another day, but uh, an interesting one to dive into. You can tell right now that we're really fascinated by game balance because we just spent 40 minutes essentially on uh, the <laughs> the balance of three, like three abilities, basically. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And it, it was almost all just uh, Sage, Orb, and Wall, honestly. So, mm. hey, Sage, what up? Uh, all right, let's talk about this. So we did get a Valorant ranked update this morning. And uh, here's the highlights for you. First, uh, Valorant Ranked is coming. Uh, you will be ranked Iron, Bronze, Silver, Gold, Platinum, Diamond, Immortal, and Val Valorant. I keep on saying Valiant. Uh, Valorant. Uh, it, it, there's three tiers per rank. Um, you lose and win more ranking based on your personal performance, but winning and losing is the main factor, of course, as in pretty much any ranking system ever. Uh, you must complete 20 unrated matches to unlock competitive mode. There are, yeah, we said this, eight ranks total, three tiers in each, uh, except Valorant is just, it's like top 500 or whatever else, you know, it's just, that's what it is. Uh, you can queue up with uh, up to uh, five player parties, but they must be within two ranks, so within six tiers up or down. And your rank isn't displayed, uh, and that is also they they the matchmaking tries to match you with similar party sizes. So if you play as a as a five stack, the chances of you being uh, put up against another five stack or a four or three stack is very high. Uh, your rank isn't displayed if your competitive matches aren't played within four, or if you don't play a competitive match within fourteen days. But your rank doesn't decay behind the scenes. I have I don't understand that, but uh, and also closed beta rank does not close or carry over to launch. We don't know the exact ETA for rank coming out in beta, but the current ETA is sometime next week. That's all the good stuff. All right, Yiska, pick this apart yeah. for me. All good, all uh, good news here. Um, yeah, I think there's nothing totally egregious in there. I like. Five player party worked pretty well in CS from my estimation. I like I think there's a way where especially like the fact that they look at parties that are about similar skill level, but also uh the same size of the pre-made is um is super helpful. Do you know what I mean? So if you've queued with four at diamond, then your the system first and foremost tries to find four uh four man pre-made in diamond. Yep. Right. Right. So that ensures, because for instance, in League of Legends, flex queues, and also to a degree in Overwatch, of course, we, mm -hmm. we're an absolute mess and not fun to play against in yeah. or around. Like, 
if you're the guy that um like I still fear for this a little bit where it's like if you're the one guy in a four man team I would think statistically you're being submitted to more toxicity than in other situations when you solo queue where you will make the um sure you know the bottom I, of the joke I could and, I could definitely see that where the the four stack is forcing the random to kind of like do what uh, they want do what they ask they, yeah they just yeah. have they have the um, yeah yeah um could see that could definitely see that even in three man like you the, one it's not really a way to resolve that though right like yeah there's it's not like oh well you're just gonna play a 4v4 match or anything yeah. so no the the thing is like you could just say two and limit it to that yeah you have one ladder for solo duo and then one ladder for yeah, it's 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 just a group dynamic that have to, like I think everyone who's who's played in in online games just knows that there's a propensity to making the other group that is not the one in your voice the problem. Yeah, just to Definitely. psychologically go like you can have three very smart into intelligent individuals apart from each other, and as soon as they come together, they're dumb as bricks, right? Yo, like, I. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Like this I, podcast. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I in my more toxic World of Warcraft days, I remember going for a you'd be a five man and we'd there'd be four of us and we bring in the one and then blame everything on them. It's the tank's fault. You know, the DPS yeah. can't CC. It's... Vote to, and you could vote to kick him too. Yeah, <laughs> and you just always had majority. So it was just yeah. like, all right, you're out. But yeah, yeah. vote to they kick down wrong. the last boss, get the extra piece of loot chance on you. Yeah. It's wow. uh I mean, no, never do that. Yeah. Never, ever, ever. I never did that. <clears throat> uh I, I do hope that that's that's the case though, where they separate the ladders out because you definitely don't want to limit people and saying you can't play ladder with your friends, you can't play ranked with your friends. It's fun. It's a fun game to play with your 100%. friends, and you want to encourage that, right? Yep. You want to encourage it's people to play as friends. Doing it in healthy ways. Just yeah, it's just, there's just so much about. Honestly, I can say too, my win rate is way lower when I play with friends, uh, than it than it is when I'm not. Even though we're within the the approved like uh, the approved ranks that we can queue with, like mm -hmm. we lose a lot, and maybe that's just my experience, and it hasn't been that case for you guys. Uh, but I I really don't want it to turn into that feeling again either where maybe just the matchmaking isn't quite right when it's trying to matchmake based on skill and group size yeah but i get why they have to try I don't yeah um what what's your thoughts on the your rank isn't displayed if competitive matches aren't played within 14 days I, well i don't even know what that even i don't understand why, why this thing. at all so the the justification for it, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it verbatim from the article. Mm -hmm. Um, after 14, so rank inactivity will also be tracked. If you haven't played a competitive match in 14 days, then your account will be considered inactive and your rank will be hidden. Don't worry, your rank will be displayed again after your first match back. We want to be confident that when others see your rank, it's an accurate reflection of your skill. After mm. 14 inactive days, 
we don't have a, as high of a con, we don't have as high of confidence in displaying your rank. However, we won't decay your rank artificially in the background, so don't sweat it if you're one of those players that is always on top of their game. That feels very weird. It feels um, it's it seems like an incentivization tool to play ranked, but I don't think that's even like enough to if my care rank is still there. Care. If I, if my rank yeah. is still there, it means that I have to be within six tiers of the people I'm getting matched with anyway, right? It's not like I'm a diamond player playing with gold or bronze people. Right. Um but that's not the case. It's just like it's like imagine in Overwatch you queue up your platinum player, you queue up and you're with four other platinums, but your rank is hidden. Like, oh, I mean, you could you could logically kind of conclude that they have to be around like you have high to be around like, you, but like yeah. you're you're good enough to be. But you, you can't tell. You, yeah, they're good. It's like, hey, you're good Seems enough to weird. be there, but you might be six off or whatever, which doesn't feel good. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't know either. Bizarre. It makes no sense to me at this point. Um, I could maybe see if it was like. 60 days and there was some level of MMR decay that you're that you assume if you don't play for that long and or you have to play like three games to make sure that you still got it and they do like a really volatile MMR stuff or uh, SR stuff to like quickly correct you to where you are. Um, I would get that. I don't think that anything I just said is the right solution for that, but I, I would get them trying to Right, but the, you can you can identify like that. a clear like problem that that system's trying to solve. I don't know what this does. I don't know why this is here. That's like my big question is like why? This seems like a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Yes. Yeah. But I mean what like even conceive of a world where like this solves a problem. It's, I mean, like the, I the, uh, the hypothetical scenario that I can think of is somebody comes back from not playing for 14 days. We're all in platinum together, let's okay. say, yeah. and they play like they're silver. I think they just expect a, an explosion in skill across those ranks within 14 days, where if you don't play for 14 days, then... I mean, then again, it, there is am no I decay. Am I not following? Yeah, your, your MMR yeah, yeah, doesn't change. No there, it doesn't change. You're still queuing yeah, yeah, into plat. Okay. You right, might be playing right. like your silver, but you're yeah. playing in plat anyways. Unless they yeah. turn that one match, they think they can turn that one match into a placement match, which they can't. It's too small of a sample size. 100%. Yeah, no, that's not happening. I would much rather be like, like, you have to go through four placement matches if you don't uh, play within yeah, 14 if you, days. If you're 14 like, days, you have to replace. Makes sense. I don't understand. It's not like... People need an incentive to play, right? Yeah. Ranked. I mean, no, okay. Now, I I do think that there is a lot of people who do need incentives, especially if you incentivize rank. Um, hopefully that makes sense. Like for example, in League of Legends, it's very common for people to get to gold to be able to place within the reward structure mm. because if you place gold, you get a skin, you get like some some cosmetics, and you you achieve something, and then you stop. Similarly, I think in Overwatch, after a certain point, you you get some sort of perk and then you decay down. It's to keep those uh, there kind of in check to make sure that they actually have earned it and can consistently earn it to make sure that they're at that level. Um, 
I think that that's fine. I think that that's healthy to, to try and incentivize people. No, you have to keep your spot in top 500. No, you have to keep your spot in Grandmaster and in Challenger League. The only way that you're going to get there is by, you know, being incentivized to play, because if you don't, you're going to decay. Um, yeah. Does that apply to silvers and golds? Probably not. But um, I, I think there is reason to believe that like incentivization to want Sk to play ranked to keep so your rank Skull is important. Skull the Kid did actually put a, a good point in chat that I didn't think about uh, if you're boosted. So imagine you get boost up to immortal, right? Okay. But you're not an immortal player. You're a gold player. After 14 days, mm -hmm. immortal doesn't show up anymore. I mean, they, I think there will naturally be other case system in immortal uh, by just limiting the amount of people who can be in it or whatever, like the, sure, it yeah. is in challenge or whatever. But I, I think that argument is also easily kind of like, how long will, would it take for someone to be sh shifted out of their rank or rank region if they just play one game every 14 days? I right. don't well, think now, you're shifting And we don't anyone. know that. I think that they might be shifting pretty hard if you haven't played in 14 days and you're that high and you play like a gold player in Immortal. But they said that... Uh, okay, they, they explained something about rating of individual performance and they've specifically said there's, that there's no decay. If there was decay, like I feel it, it, they wouldn't say this if there was a multiplier towards like personal yes there's no there's no decay but when you lose there's a bigger minus when you haven't played in 14 days i don't think that's necessarily there, there's not a bigger minus but there is a i wouldn't be surprised if there was but b uh if you're a gold player playing against immortal players you're gonna play like sure of course you are but and and the game and we, we don't know how much we know that the majority of your points come from winning or losing, or actually we don't mm. even know that we know that that's no, they said that, right? It's the, um, this winning games is the most important factor in gaining rank. Um, losing games and I performance mean, will well below expectations deduced from your previous matches will reduce your rank. So it actually takes, so, this immortal player plays on your on your um on your account for two weeks to boost you and plays really well. And then you mm. play one match where you basically never have played worse in your entire life and it's not even the same person. That hits you hard. Now, again, we don't know how hard it hits you, how fast that uh natural decay, I guess we can call it, of fourteen one match every fourteen days. Uh, but if it wouldn't, if it, if you're not out of immortal after three or four matches of a, being a gold player in, um, in immortal, I think that the system needs to be relooked at. I mean, I think, yeah. I think what's realistically going to happen or why this is implemented now is, uh, you know, frog and hot water situation where if you implement this early, Mm -hmm. And while nobody really has an issue and doesn't see any uh, applications to it, then they will eventually be accustomed to it when it becomes a problem. AI, like camping top Valorant ratings um, at, at the end of like big league seasons or I wonder for if it the removes more casual them players. Um, yeah. Uh, also for more Great casual question. players having to uh, to play more ranked when the desire to play ranked is not as much as in a brand new game is.
and they are just getting these systems in now. So they they just like silently introduce systems that in the long run will have positive effects towards the player base without the if that makes sense then barrier of um, introducing it to an audience that I'm not sure maybe like of course they, this is some reaching but then again like I think they learned a lot from League of Legends and totally. they are trying to apply the their lessons in the least in um resistance inflicting yeah. or um causing mana right i don't and to be fair i don't think that this system hurts anything yeah yeah. i can't think of any reason no, that no. it's a like a, a system that is is bad or has negative effects uh in, in any way um i'm, I'm definitely very if, if weird you, if you've got them yeah it's just like i don't i don't totally understand i don't totally understand and- what this is was solving yet but uh, there are enough of these like little fringe cases where I'm like, ah, okay, all right, maybe there is some foresight going on here. I think I think the boosting argument makes the most sense, but I still don't agree with it because a, it's a free to play game, so I can just make a new account and get boosted again, or I can after continue they to be play boosted. twenty unrated games. I you can play twenty unrated games, pay fifteen bucks, get boosted, have the high for fourteen days, do it all over again. I don't know, like I did people bucks do some this probably. Very low, dude. They're paying. Apply, apply a number. I whatever it the is. The number it's just isn't an important as much yeah. as the boosters the will continue to boost. I I don't think so. I think people who are interested in boosting will pay whatever the whatever the price is, um, because they're always going to go down, and it's just a vicious cycle of you boost to get to diamond or whatever. You can't play a diamond, so you go back down. You get boosted again. That's how they make their money. It doesn't that doesn't solve that in here because you can just get boosted again. Just because your rank's hidden, it's going to go down, or you just make a new account and get boosted back up. I don't know. Seems seems weird, but maybe it fixes itself down the road, or yeah. maybe it solves a problem that I can't foresee. So whatever. All right, let's let's go to esports a little bit. Uh, I forgot that we have the button. This button feels so good to play. Uh, ESPN Esports Invitational, obviously the big one that went on over the past few days. Uh, Team Canyon. The wait, did I did I put this wrong? I might have put this wrong. Let me make sure I didn't put it wrong. No, I was right. Team Team Canyon takes first place. Yeah. Team Mirage takes second, and then the Valorant Devs and Team Heroes took third slash fourth. Team Canyon is made up of uh, current Apex Pro players. Team no. Mirage is current uh, Mirage or uh, CS:GO pro players and team heroes is they didn't say it explicitly but it was a lot of overwatch peeps uh, so it, it was the, it was the creators. overwatch team so i mean if you're if you're being honest all of those are has-beens in all of their game other than apex like none which, of the cs it, players not were apex. necessarily not yeah. there's nothing else going on for apex and like i mean sure league, you know and and there's also an argument to be made that a lot of the Apex pros also came from other games, and their scene is actually not that lo- old in terms of competitive. Like, sure. Kellogg comes from Overwatch. Uh, Mendo comes from Overwatch. Ace is a former uh, CSGO pro player. Um, I think there was one more guy that, that was also a pro- CSGO pro player. In Overwatch, of course, like, n- not a single tier one talent in there. Um, in... Uh, CS, you've, these guys have been banned for the long frag, apparently. 
You've never seen a Captain I mean, Frag movie. So I should have said Bad no jokes. tier one and tier two player or tier three. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Rough. the Rough. Here's, here's the thing. If you wanted to make an argument with this event about which t type of player base uh, adapts the best, you're not. You've not done that. Please, what you've please. done is pit tribes against each other and be and engage in comments in yes like toxic ways like, i mean come on espn knew what they were doing like that was the entire example to to put on this show that all the best players from all these games obviously that's not the case but that's what they want yeah. people to talk about if overwatch fans spent as much time playing the game as they did defending overwatch as an esport we'd be in a way better spot or watching it yeah yeah Definitely. Or watching it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Just playing Agreed. it, watching it, consuming it. Uh yeah. Be better, Agreed. Overwatch fans. Uh, but besides that though, I mean, uh, what'd you guys take away from this one? It's pretty cool. Honestly, all things considered, the Overwatch guys uh did surprisingly well, I thought. Uh, like, yeah. It, it I should so. I it I don't know if like Rainbow Six should have, have done better theoretically. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Feel like Rainbow Six should have done better. I feel like mm -hmm. um the there again we don't know like what kind of like people they really pulled from. Maybe they were pulling from yeah, even and I don't lower know all people. these scenes, I don't know. so I don't even know like how good the players yeah. are. Like if you're playing Rainbow mm. Six competitively, obviously it's not like a, a quote unquote tier one esport. How many tier one athletes do you have when you aren't in a tier one esport? Like it's like it's like all the MMO players who are playing Paladins. Are any of them better than, you know, the, the lol yeah. Dota guys? Probably not. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I was, I was surprised that the Apex guys brought it back. That was impressive. I went to um, bed on the first map when CS was 9-1 up, dude. And I was like... Ah uh, yeah, this tournament is stupid. This the CS CS team oh my had, wasn't even forced to switch like two or three players uh, from the CS, but they actually went in with a with a team they're competing in in every game. This is not competitive. La la la. I mean, and then like talk like this was never Kella supposed to be. Slaps. <laughs> this is never you supposed to money. be competitive. You're wasting money. Been money. No, Many it's about putting on a show platform. right now to get yeah. people excited for the future. This is. I mean, not if you if you were to, be... to tell me that ESPN esports doesn't always take esports seriously, yes, I would agree with that. I'm going to invoke my Fifth Amendment right here and not comment. That said, this is this was not supposed to be competitive. First, this was supposed to be entertaining. Supposed to be, you know, the the World Cup, if you will, of esports, right? Where we get everybody yeah, to play that, this new that game. That should also and, not exist. Right, but but you see how this was framed, and you see how you're framing it. Two different things. I mean, I, no, I I understand the framing. I just don't think that's. I think that's a fun thing to do for like um, I don't know. Let's say Keemstar, who's already a big dictative, and uh, can uh -huh. can run that tribalistic dumb stuff okay but uh i think espn should have actually used their platform to do do something very competitive and have i think uh, they will i i don't i don't think that that's not coming 
I think that there's room for that to happen, but this is the entryway. I think, again, the birth and the start of the game, right? This is where you want this to happen. You want the entertainment. You want people to get excited because their favorite streamers playing the game. So hopefully that carries over to when their favorite streamer joins an actual team and tries in that team. And, you know, those fans become fans of that team and become fans of the esport by by proxy. Right. I think in all actual fact, their favorite streamers like. They are probably not going to stick around for that long in this game. Their favorite streamers are the Timothy Hetmans that will Maybe. sail the sail the Maybe. wind of whatever game is big, and then and that's the awesome. same for Shroud, and it's the same for Ninja. Actually, had pretty respectable numbers on Mixer, I saw. Um, I couldn't tell you. Um, then, uh, yeah, what, what's the, these types of guys are uh, <laughs> are pulling the numbers, and it's. Um, I mean, I'm I'm probably being a little bit of a killjoy here. By taking issue with that, I just think like if you have that pl platform, like in Overwatch, we had very early, pretty serious tournaments. Um, I'm thinking of the Melty Cup or whatever. Sure, like, but we still have one. those. Melty Cup is basically a lot of these other cups. We do. They're not put on by ESPN. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's your problem. Is that yeah. you wish that they would be sponsoring like a cup or like a, a monthly yeah. melee type of deal? But who's to say that isn't also happening? This is just the genesis of it. Yeah, I would have liked I to see know. just like serious teams, especially competing against the devs, because I've that that is actually my my qualm with it all is that okay. I don't see the devs competing in many more games, and I wish no. we would have seen uh, that against serious teams. And of course, like the the Brax team probably is fairly serious, and I'm not sure if if they will um, serious as much as they can be, obviously. Sure. Um, but, um, yeah, I, th I think I would have liked to see just, I mean, they made it three and four, but there's always the, the thing like to say, maybe they didn't take that series because it was like this and this. 100%. And also they don't necessarily have to win and they're picking Viper, which is obviously like currently probably the worst agent in the, in the game. Yep. Um, and they're trying to make it work and it's, I mean, it's wasn't rough. it that like there was one map I, I can't remember exactly what. When I had caught some of the broadcasts, the, I remember, I, I think it was Emily was talking about how like one map that wasn't being picked that was like constantly banned and like the devs like didn't ban that. So they were forced to pick. Yeah, the weird yeah, yeah. Map. Then they, it was maybe they, split. Yeah, yeah, it is split. Right. And they then played Viper into that. Viper on split just to kind of like change it up a little bit. Yeah, and, and that's fine, but yeah, yeah. whatever. Again, like, it's not content that was like super tailored for me. I'm I'm more interested in like the the actual tournament structures, which we're starting to get, which is great. Um, and the teams that have been built and are practicing and scrimming and like that's their primary focus, not content creation necessarily. Um, mm -hmm. that's what I'm most interested for. So it was fun. It was interesting. We got to see some early pick, you know, uh, patterns again. Sage Brimstone being very strong, seeing a lot more omens, seeing a lot more breach, seeing a lot more cipher. That, again, will probably impact ladder and, and your unrated games and maybe even the early rated games. Um, but again, not a ton for me to take away from this. Surprising that the Apex players did as well as they did. Um, I think everybody assumed, I, I won't speak for everybody, I think it's a safe assumption for people to assume that CSGO was just going to dominate everything. And maybe that's not the case, but there again, could be different if other pros come over and maybe they're better suited. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, what can I say? I, I like sweaty esports. That's just how it we is. know. We know. <laughs>
I do like sweaty esports as well. Uh, I do have to ask you this question now, though. We've been mm. watching. We've had Valorant esports now for a few weeks. All the kinks obviously aren't worked out, but you've got the general idea of how it's probably performing um, as a spectator esport. Are you guys enjoying watching Valorant? So far, I think. Um, how do I put this? The initial honeymoon um, is definitely keeping me around. I think there are definite uh, observer issues that need to be fixed. I think the entire like observer infrastructure needs to be built out. So it is a, a little bit easier viewing experience. Um, I hope that VODs are on their way. Um, I'm glad that ranked is, you know, on the timeline, but I, I'm interested in when actual like replays can be downloaded so I can actually look at them instead of trying to look at Twitch VODs because that's painful. Um, but in yeah. terms of right now, I think it's fine. I think I'm enjoying it as I can. Um, but I, I worry that when the honeymoon phase dies off and we start to get into, you know, month seven, month eight, we still don't have replays and we still don't have proper uh, observing tools and people have to get a little creative. It might get a little uh, wearing, let's say, because I don't know how many times I can deal with trying to view a fight with a scoreboard in my face. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, there is. And uh, on the flip side, I don't know how many more times I can see a round reset without having a scoreboard in my face so I can see what everybody's sure. buying with the economy. 100%. Like. Uh, I think that that has been kind of like the best things. I think spectators have finally figured out or producers or whoever uh, is like, hey, in between rounds, tab that scoreboard, that button, bro. Um, yep. I think the spectating is just going to get better over time. Uh, the spectating tools are really are, are, are minimal, but they're for a first person shooter. They're acceptable for beta. Sure. I, I, think I, I, I don't that. like, and, and I don't think that if you don't find it entertaining, uh, now to watch, I don't know that fancier cameras or different sure. angles are going to change that for you. You just sure. may not really like this brand of FPS uh, eSport. You just may not. 100%. I hope that doesn't end up being me. Because uh, there are definitely times where I like, so I can, I can sit and watch like a Hearthstone tournament for hours. I don't know why. I don't play Hearthstone anymore. I don't know what the cards do anymore. I can just play and watch them for hours. I can't do that with Overwatch and I can't do it with Valorant as much. Although uh, more Valorant than Overwatch at this point. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Um, I have mild concerns for lack of visual clarity and it's becoming too much of a spammy ability game where one minute of one thirty is just going, spe going to be spent Exchanging smokes, uh, yeah, smokes in strategical ways that no doubt require strategical setups and are probably like master t t uh, tactician type of chess moves. But um, I wonder if that is too slow uh, for an esports audience. Yeah, where too, it's not is slow the right word? Would you say? I mean, maybe maybe describe okay. slow a little bit more. <clears throat> Inherently, I I think Valorant is set up to be faster than CS:GO because a lot of, a lot of the preamble of like we all spawn in the very sure, same sure. sites. 
and yeah. that that is kind of uh, eliminated in the buy uh, uh, time, right? But um, I think there's significantly more uh, area control and space control mm-hmm. uh, that makes attacking or attackers like you need a you need more more time to get the information. Rotations are pretty sw- uh, quick. Um, you have a lot of utility. Like I, I'm thinking, Omen just like basically also just shuts down uh, an entrance, at least in terms of visibility, for like eternity. I remember like watching Brax play it on um, on B mid between B and C. You know, okay. like sure, and just like standing at the door against. I think that was the devs. And just like smoking, smoking, smoking. And then Brimstone puts the smoke down, smoking, smoking, sure, smoking. Sure. And um, then it almost becoming like a CS type, Navi type of round every time where the opposing team sees themselves forced to wait very, very long and then execute in the last 30 seconds. And I think the game might have a propensity towards those types of strategies where the pacing of it is slow and... Um, also, we might have too many ability cooldowns covering feels, too much area. It, it feels yeah, a little I mean, chessy, doesn't it? In, in a way, and but less, almost less strategic. Yeah, you yeah. know where it's like it's like you're moving pawns, right? You're laying smokes around, and you're blocking off different paths, and you know, peeking an angle, and you're just kind of waiting for something to happen and it, it can sometimes take like 45 seconds a minute for something to move forward otherwise you're just like you have one person at each side and then you have two people kind of hopping around from one another oh, come here oh, no come see no 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 b b b b b guys b guys we got it we got it we can do it we can do it and then i i think the the hope i can't call it a prediction but my hope is that that is just a style and i think mm-hmm. I think I have enough to support that claim. I, I'm just definitely not um, comfortable with it yet because we haven't seen like actual mm-hmm. esports of this um, to see if that is a style. Um, but I think there is like a very slow vision denial kind of trying to milk the clock as much as possible while on attack and defense. And there is also a style where you're playing with a lot of flashes. You're trying to go quickly. You're trying to push the objective. You're playing jet. Again, that's the only way I think Jet's going to work in this game is if you play quickly and you just go. You just grab your minerals and run. You just attack the site. You have your set play. You flash in. You stun them. Whatever. And you you play quicker than the enemy team can just affordably try to slow you down. Um, hopefully that's a style and not just an inherent problem with the game where it is just like too vision denially, too area denially, and it and it stops um, engagement from happening. I don't, I, I haven't felt that way yet, just personally, but um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I mean, think compare it to CS, right? Like sure. in CS, you cannot get, gather information if someone's shifting or like uh, slow walking. Yeah. Unless you see them, correct? Yeah. That is not the case in Valorant. You can very safely get information. You can very safely get smokes. I agree. Like everything that is defensively focused is very safe. Mm -hmm. And that inherently seems to um, force a playstyle where attacking with the exception on bind and maybe that's a map infrastructure, uh, like map 
um, architecture thing Asian, where yeah. uh, maybe that's maps. That's very possible. But the other maps are definitely uh, defense favored. And oh, defense okay. I mean, favored means, also means for the attacker that they require to get the perfect or a good setup to drain the resources to not run into uh, overly like harmful situations. While the cipher just sits there through six corners and just goes like, ah, saw them, like, um, and can pick whatever angle he wants to mm. and can already tell the rotation, like, or call the rotation way, way in advance. And like, it, it just seems um, way easier to make the call there funnily, than in, in CS. Funnily enough, though, you say that, uh, according to Cypher Cam, and this is, you know, 1,200 rounds recorded on average, uh, there are, so Haven and Split are both defensive favored by a considerable percentage, like 4, mm-hmm. 5, 9% on um, Split, uh, which kind of makes sense, right? Uh, but Bind is actually offensive fader, favored. Uh, I'd say the most even, but yeah, slightly attacker favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So it is interesting. It it definitely feels that way. And again, like the, the sample size is just going to get larger there. So, uh, 1200 rounds is not a perfect sample size by any means, but, and again, um, something we have to kind of shift our focus on with CS real fast before we, we kind of close out is that CS is a completely mirrored game where everything you can do, I can do, right? You can buy a smoke. I can also buy a smoke, but I can't pick Jet if I've picked Phoenix, for example, right? Well, I can't buy an AK, but okay. It's 100%, but you also have a round on the opposite side where you can buy it, and the mm-hmm. enemy team can't. So it's okay, it's okay, mirrored okay. to an extent. It's, it's yes. not completely yeah. asymmetrical. Whereas mm-hmm. in this game, there are more choices to make it asymmetrical, so it's not just that the map is uh, favored one way or the other. It's also that characters are tied to that map there, there's a tier list per map, let's say, and mm-hmm. those characters are also favored for one side or the other. So it's it's a little bit more intricate than just saying bind is defensively favored or bind is attack favored. It's bind favors attacking or defending heroes that make it defending or attacking favored stuff like that. So keep that. Yeah, and that's that's just as a last point, and we cannot go into detail on this, but sure. this is <laughs> something I'm really looking forward to in in terms of CypherCam, because mm. currently it's already possible for the stats that Baroy provided for us to say, are they counter matchups? Sure. Based yeah. on win rate, uh, when one hero is there and one other is there on the other team, then you can say, okay, uh, on average, Omen wins X amount of games against Jet. Sure. Yep. All right. What a fun show. I love, I like doing this show. And this is, we're three episodes in. It's fun. It's not a, it's, we just kind of let it go. Just got to let it go, run its course. We did not get to talk about uh, the Bucky today. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll and get I'm to it. I'm sad, but at we'll, the same we'll time, more that's the beautiful part it. about where we are right now in the game is that Bucky um, will probably still be relevant next week. Yes, so, and I'll also have a chance to toy with that because I've literally never bought that gun. Not once. It's fun. I, I <laughs> played it on a couple rounds yesterday, and then I uh, played with it a bunch in, in the training mode just to like kind of see the ranges and stuff on it. And it's, uh, I, I get where... It's not bad. It, it I has, don't think it's OP. It, I, I, I'm, it I'm the over the OP. Limi- it has the same kind of limitations that any starter econ gun is going to have but 
it's on the stronger side of those guns, if not the strongest side of those guns. So, okay, we'll see. Yep, see. we're gonna see. All right, chat. Well, thanks for hanging out. Hope you had a ton of fun on this one. Um, again, we do record live on Fridays, twitch.tv slash kick tripod at noon. You can find us on Twitter at spike drop or on YouTube at bit.ly slash spike drop YT. Big thanks to blue for our intro and outro music, by the way, it sounds amazing. And if you want to support the show, great way to do that sub right here at twitch.tv slash kick tripod, or leave us a five star reviews like these two people did. Huh? Yiska. Um, yes. And well, I opened the YouTube to, to see that. If we can, can we get a, a the the a YouTube URL? Can we queue that now with our subscribers? By the way, uh, we have to post a few more videos. Okay, we're close. Sweet, sweet. So five star iTunes reviews is logic. Oh, okay. I see what you did there with that language and with that stupid, stupid English. Um, and then slip a snake three two one. Thank you for uh, leaving the uh, iTunes reviews. Helps a lot, especially at the start of, uh, I think of it a might new be a podcast. Slippery snake. I might have mistyped it. Oh, slippery. Okay, yeah. slippery snake. Okay, Three, we're not going two, to think one. too much of that, especially during quarantine. No, we're not. Yes, we are. We're, we're just going to completely avoid that. Jesus. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Thank you again for leaving a five star iTunes review. If you like the show, it really helps, especially early on with the show. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star iTunes review. We'll thank you on the show. Always make sure to make a guess between Joe and Yiska to see which one of them doesn't have the spreadsheet as accessible, and I'll pick that person to read. So it's always fun. Mine's always up. Thank you. I'm prepared. I was prepared with, with the show intro last time. I'm prepared anytime. Always okay. prepared. Okay, sure. I mean, I have the tab up, but I was literally looking... Because of the question. Because you're an old man mm -hmm. and you're... Why am I defending myself? I'm never going to open <laughs> this one again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, shout outs for the week and where can people find you? I guess the weekend before we see um, most of these people back on Monday. True. And people will be able to find me right after this. So stick around, viewers. Uh, for the game nights, if you're just someone um, that's only interested in spike drop... I think we don't mind just having someone in the audience. You can no, watch yeah. us live. Still about us and yes, they're in just about Overwatch, but increasingly we'll also definitely get our shit posting on for Spike Draw uh, or for Valorant. Um, otherwise, I'll be around all weekend watching Owl and then also continuously uh, creating content. Like for instance, um, I'm updating consistently updating um, my uh, Valorant agent here list now stat supported. So I take that into consideration, but also do um, just like based on what you see in tournaments and take that into the consideration as well to see broad trends because of course pro play sort of dictates what you also will see on ladder, especially as people start sweating and ranked. And um, yeah, that's. Cool. That's what can you expect? What you can expect from me? Sweet, uh, Joe. What about you? Try to be fast. You can find me Jessica. on all the socials at Volamel. That's V O L. A piece of content coming soon. V O L A M E L. Sorry, your mic yep. might cut out. Fair enough. Uh, we're coming in with some some Ash analysis played within 
a certain span of time in the Overwatch League. And then we're going to be, hopefully, uh, this weekend I'll be looking at uh, Nip's run through one of these kind of cup tournaments and why specifically, looking at why specifically, one very important kind of meta staple was absent from a lot of their compositions. So we're, we're going to be looking at that and uh, that should be posted this weekend, hopefully, if not early next week. So stay tuned. Awesome. Uh, as me, you can find me everywhere at Kick Tripod, Twitch, YouTube, uh, Twitter. You can always find me, uh, especially on Twitter. Big thank you to everybody who reached out about uh, the video editor position. I think we've uh, come to a decision, so we'll be announcing that or, or reaching out to that person shortly and uh, doing that. But thank you for everyone who uh, was really interested and just really wanted to help. It was really humbling of how many people were just like, you know, hey, I just really want to help the show because I really like the show. Like, So that was really awesome of you all. Um, nice. Thank you again uh, for doing that. They said, despite yes, guys still, still like the show, still tune in. Um, they love to hate me. It's true. It's yeah. You're the best anti-hero. <laughs> I think uh, in, in, in overwatch right now. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, stream's not going to go down, but we're not going to do a post show. Uh, we're going to be back with some game night stuff in just a few minutes until then. We'll see you all next time. I pressed the wrong button again. Shoot. Is this the button I use? No. <laughs> this, oh. this is the button. I gotta I gotta remember the button. We'll see you next time, chat. Thanks again. <laughs>